glad that you decided to come here tonight. I want to explain something to you. You're going to use a lot of Bible tonight, so I hope you brought your Bible with you. And I want you to turn to John chapter number 4. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter number 4. John chapter number 4. In John chapter number 4, starting in verse 23. John chapter number 4 and verse number 23. You know this story, of course, well, I'll, I'll talk about this in a moment. Verse 23, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit, by the way, that's your spirit, and in truth, that would be the Bible. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, please. 1 Corinthians Chapter number two. Drop down to verse number 14 and we'll pick up our reading there. First Corinthians chapter number two and verse number 14. Brother Cordry so eloquently talked about this the other night. Tremendous message and I appreciate that, I really do. Starting in verse number 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. They're understood by your spirit because of the Holy Spirit. Watch what he says. But he, I'm sorry, um, is spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak. Brethren, I, brethren, he's talking to Christians. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto what? Spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For ye are yet, there's our word, carnal, for whereas there is among you envy, strife, divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? Father, help me tonight to help your people in what I think is very, very forgotten doctrine concerning the word of God. Help me to help them. May I bring to their knowledge what the Holy Spirit of God would have them to know. May we not sit and stare. May we not allow our minds to drift. May we not get sidetracked. But we would concentrate and think along with the teaching and preaching of the preacher. Help us tonight, please, that we might bring you glory and honor from that which we learn. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Preacher, I read my Bible over and over, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Pastor, I have this friend who's searching for Bible truths and wisdom, but he has come up with some weird ideas out of God's Word. Pastor, what you get out of God's Word is very interesting, but I get something completely different. I believe the majority of churches and those who claim to be saved have forgotten this very important doctrine. That's why we're going about things all together differently. Because of this, we come to the conclusion that those who do not understand God's word, so we start doing things like trying to break it down for them. 
We do things, listen to me with the children, listen. We write a more easily read Bible so that they can understand it. We don't preach direct messages. We call that hard preaching. I was saved under hard preaching. I was taught under hard preaching. I learned under hard preaching. So I don't really understand what hard preaching is. It's all that way. But what happens is we're assuming it's just a problem of they can't understand it on the level that we're trying to help them with. I believe there's a more fundamental widespread reason on why, here's the title of the message, why most cannot understand the words of God. Now, if you're here right now, do not start dismissing or making excuses for yourself. I'm going to try to reveal at least three areas on why most people in church and out of church cannot understand the word of God anymore. It has nothing to do with intelligence. It has nothing to do with church going. It has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Turn to John chapter number 4, our text verse. John chapter number 4. Now, you're going to use a lot of Bible tonight, and you may want to take a note here and there just in case you can't memorize everything. John chapter number 4, I want you to look at verse number 23 and 24. In verse number 23, listen to me, fellas. Verse 23. But the hour, now Jesus is talking to, of course, the woman at the well. And uh, she says, she goes to her ancestry. Said, are are you you, uh, uh, greater than our father Abraham? Or this is Jacob's well, you're greater than him. So she goes, when there's question being brought up, she goes to her, why my daddy helped build that church. Well, we've been Christians all of our life. Well, I grew up in church. This is basically what she was doing. She was claiming her heritage as why she's right with God. And so Jesus looks at her. You know this whole story here. And he talks about, I mean, he nails her down with hard preaching, if you would, or inquiry, saying, you know something? We're about at this level right now. Go get your husband. Let me talk to him too. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing, didn't he? And she makes excuse. I, I have no husband. Partial truth is a deception. And Jesus said, in that you have no husband, you're saying that right. For you have had five husbands, and the one you're with now is not your husband. So she's going, hmm. But he's not mad at her. He's not upset with her. He's simply saying, you can't hide this stuff from me. But she hasn't caught on yet about who he really is. So we come down to verse number 23 and 24, and she's making this excuse in verse 21. Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when neither in this mountain nor yet. And so he's saying in Samaria, where you're claiming Abraham was and Isaac's well is and all this kind of stuff, or over on in the mountain called Jerusalem, that is not where the true worshipers have to meet anymore. He tells them where this is going to take place from now on. And here's what he says in verse number 24. He said, uh, yes, verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. That is your spirit and truth. Now listen to me very carefully. The title of the message is why most people cannot understand the word of God. God is saying here it has nothing to do with where you go who your ancestors are, what you think about this or that. If you're going to worship with God, if you're going to walk with God, if you're going to work with God, if you're going to be a child of God, you're going to have to understand that God said that takes place in spirit, your spirit, and in truth. So we've sidestepped truth, just making stuff up we think is okay with God. 
But the bigger problem is, why is it that most people cannot understand the Word of God? Well, first of all, in John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, you see several things. You see man's spirit and God's truth. If you're going to worship God, he's talking about your spirit, man's spirit, and God's truth. Worship God in spirit and in truth. What is truth? Thy word is truth. All right? But so we're talking about the spirit of a man. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Keep that in mind. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. I'm going to do a little teaching here tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Drop down to verse number 14. We read this just a moment ago. And as I said before, Brother Cordage, a tremendous message. I keep trying to figure out where he's getting all these great messages from. And uh, I told him, I said, don't you dare tell me how the Bible. I'll slap you. Boy, I'll slap you. And uh, I always hate it when somebody says, man, where'd you get those messages? Out of the Bible. You ought to study it. Um, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that we just read, verses 14 through chapter 3, verse number 3, you see three different types of people. You see here, you see the natural man talked about there in chapter number 2, verse 14 and down. And then you see the spiritual man, I believe in chapter, uh, verse about verse number 14. And then we jump into chapter number 3, and you find out there he starts talking about someone different, the carnal man. Please understand here, the natural man is unsaved person. He doesn't know God. His spirit is still dead. I'll talk to you why that's important here in a moment. And so because of that, no spirit, their spirit is dead. Without the spirit of God, your spirit is dead. You have a spirit, but it is dead towards the things of God. When Adam and Eve sinned, he didn't take away their spirit. They simply ruined the ability to communicate with God and walk with God. So then he talks about the spiritual man there in verse number 14. The spiritual man is saved. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Not just saved. A spiritual man is a person who is saved and following the revealed word of God. Now, you can't. it's hard to follow what you don't know. But what God holds us accountable for is what we have been taught and what he knows we do know. So to say, well, yeah, I heard that, but I just don't believe it. Okay, but you're accountable now. So God, a spiritual man, is not just saved. Again, we go back to saved and a Christian. Saved and being spiritual. We tend to think they're the same thing, and they're not always. They should be, but they're not. So what we do, we're saved and say, no, I'm sa are you a spiritual person? Yeah, I'm saved. That's not what I'm asking you. So we find out that a spiritual person is a saved person following God. Their spirit is alive and they're following revealed truth. Now, I know more truth maybe than you do, so you can't follow everything that God has taught me. But you should be following, if you're a spiritual man, the things that God has taught you. That would be a spiritual man, not just a saved man. And then we talk about the carnal man. Now, the carnal man, is they're saved, their spirit is alive, but they're not following truth. They're not following what God talks about. They have no understanding of God's ways. Their friendships are in the world. They're acting like an unsaved person. They're thinking like an unsaved person. They're behaving like an unsaved person, but they're saved. So God doesn't say you're natural. No, once saved, always saved. What he does say, though, is you're not spiritual. You're not spiritual, and you're acting like a lost man. You are saved, so the word that God uses is carnal. A carnal person is a saved person, but they're not walking in the revealed truth that they have received. Thus, you can be saved and not be spiritual at all. We'll talk about that in a moment. Back in Genesis chapter number 2. Go there, please. 
Genesis chapter, this is just, I think, a forgotten doctrine. Why is it most people do not understand the word of God? I'll talk to you about three different things. In Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 16, you know this. The Bible says here, And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely. Good, help yourself. Anything you see in there, it's yours. But, watch what he says, But the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat, for in the day you eat thereof you shall what? Surely die. They did not die immediately physically. Ultimately, they did. I think about 130-some years later or something like that, they died. Sure enough. But that's not, I don't think, what God really meant as being the most important. Immediately, their spirit died. Their spirit died, and they continued physically to live for some time. But the part of man which relates to God, the part of man which communicates with God, that part which helps us to understand God had now died. They still had a spirit, but because of their sin, it had separated between them and God. God still loved them, but we're talking about being a spiritual Christian and understanding God's truth, God's ways of doing things. Why is it so many people can't seem to catch on to this stuff? Why is it no matter how much they read the Bible, it just doesn't seem to make sense to them? I believe it's because of three reasons, one of these three reasons. Man is a spirit. The body says, the Bible teaches he has a body, a soul, and a spirit. When Adam and Eve sinned, watch up here. We pay a lot for these illustrations here. Watch. Ready? When man sinned, one of those parts died. Eventually, the body died. The soul never dies. It will go to heaven or hell and go there eternally. The soul of a man never dies. But the spirit, when it sinned, that part which communicates with God, we just read that there in John where he talks about now you worship God in spirit and in truth. But if the spirit is dead or you do not have God's spirit, therefore you cannot communicate with God. God cannot talk to you. God cannot do that. So we're at a loss to understand God because we're not saved. Now you may be in church, but that doesn't mean you're saved. You may be one of the nicest people that anybody ever met, but that doesn't mean you're saved. And even if you're saved, that doesn't mean you're spiritual. You could be in church and be the most carnal person in the world. What is a carnal person? A carnal person is a person saved that thinks, acts, run around with, make excuses and studies maybe like the world does. You lean on the world for a lot of what you do and not on the Lord. You are a carnal Christian. So we find out here, go to Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8. So we find out where all of this started was way back with Adam and Eve. Now they pass this on to everybody. Every person that comes in this world has a spirit, body, soul, and spirit. However, until you get saved, that spirit is dead to the things of God. You have a spirit, but it no longer wants to communicate with God. It doesn't know how to communicate with God. It doesn't know how to understand God. It doesn't know how to walk with God because without the spirit, you're none of his. And the Bible is spiritually discerned or understood. So without the spirit of God, you cannot understand God. It has nothing to do with your intellect. We'll talk about this in a moment. So man has a, is a, has a spirit, but sin has caused our spirit to be dead to the things of God. Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8. By the way, these are just select verses. They're all over the Bible. Romans chapter number 8. You're already there and I'm not. There we go. Look at verse number 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Well, that makes sense, right? You do what you are, right? 
Okay, that's what he's saying. If you're of the flesh, in other words, you haven't been saved, you mind the things of the flesh. Now watch what he says, though. Look at verse number five. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. He didn't say just saved. You're after what he wants. You're after what he likes. You're after what he is. That's what you're after. So watch, to be carnally minded is death. Now, he's talking to Christians that are thinking, acting, and behaving like a lost person. That will kill you. Spiritually, it will kill you. It will deaden you to the things of God. But watch what he says now. Do you mind? But they that, the carnal, uh, sorry, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because, because, that's going to give you a reason why. The carnal mind is enmity. Do you know what that word means? Not enemy. Enmity is a little different. It means you, it fights against. So the carnal mind fights against what? Against God. You could be sitting in church and the whole time that I'm revealing truth, in your mind you're arguing. I don't believe that. I think I look at it differently. I interpret that a little differently. The whole time you're arguing about things. Why? Because you do not understand your carnality. That sin has deadened your spirit. You still have God. You're still saved. But it's deadened your spirit. And the whole time somebody's preaching or teaching, the whole time you're just arguing. You're arguing from a fleshly standpoint about spiritual things. You're not in agreement with your father. You're not in agreement with all. You're saved. If you're saved, you're saved. Now, that part nobody really knows but you and the Lord. But watch what he says here in verse number 6. For the, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity. It fights against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. It can't be. And so watch what he says here in verse number 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You say, I'm in the flesh. Don't let your mind. You're acting fleshly. So what we're talking about is why is it most people can't understand the Bible anymore? Whether they claim to be saved, lost, carnal, they just, what's the deal here? Just can't seem to catch on to what's going on here. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 9 through 12, God's Spirit reveals this truth to us. Look at it. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, right after Romans. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, go down to verse number 9. You there? But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed unto us, <coughs> excuse me, by his spirit. Now this is where you stare and your mind drifts off and you start arguing because you have no mental discipline. And also because if you're carnal, you don't want to hear this anyway. Because it makes you feel bad. There you thought you are all right with God and everything, and now the preacher's saying you're not. I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you what the Bible has to say. So watch what happens here in verse number 9 of chapter number 2. And he says, I have not here, but watch in verse 10. But God hath revealed them to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Here, here. The Holy Spirit of God knows this word and searches for what it is you need and how you need to understand it. He does that. Now, if you don't have the Spirit of God, how are you supposed to understand that? The Bible said you can't because it's spiritually discerned. So if you're not saved, study it all you want to. You're going to keep coming up with the wrong information. It's not going to fit together. It's just a bunch of pieces lying on the floor, if you would, and you can't make heads or tails out of it. Is this you by any chance? 
Is this why people can't understand? I mean people that's been going to church all their life. They assumed that they were saved. They assumed I go to church. They assume I'm a good person. None of that will help you understand the Bible. I don't care how much intelligence you got, don't care where you went to school, don't care how much ability you have, that is not how you learn the things of God. You learn the things of God by the Spirit of God, and without the Spirit, you're none of His, and therefore, all this makes no sense to you because God's Word is spiritually discerned or understood. Go down, uh, next verse, go down to verse number 12. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. That we, oh, there it is, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, wait a minute, who's given this freely stuff to us? The Spirit of God. The Spirit does that. So imagine if you don't have the Spirit, how frustrating that must be to understand this book. Okay, now watch, let's go on. Ready? Which the Holy Ghost teacheth, okay, verse 13, which things also we speak, Paul talking about him and those who are with him, not in the words which man's wisdom teach. See, we are in our day and age, this is how the devil got Adam and Eve going after more knowledge. She lost her walk with God. Her spirit was, was dead to the things of God, created all kinds of problems even for us. And so you have to understand here the holy comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. He talked about this the other night. If you're going to understand God, you have to be a spiritual person, and that happens by being having the Spirit of God in you and following and wanting the things that God has. That's what a spiritual Christian is. And when you do that, you just keep giving in to God, and therefore God is revealing to us what he wants us to know. So why is it we can sit in church and just, in your mind right now, some of you are arguing? I don't, I don't read it that way. Okay, come on up here. Here, tell me how you read it. Oh, oh, by the way, in connection with the rest of the Bible. In context with what the scripture is talking about. See, it's so easy for the fleshly person to simply sidestep and say, I don't look at it that way. I can tell you why. You're carnal-minded or you're not saved at all. And those are the two big problems on why a lot of people cannot understand the Bible. Go down to verse number uh, chapter 2. Okay, there we go. God's Spirit reveals His truth to us, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. How can you compare spiritual things with spiritual things if you don't have the Spirit of God? Your spirit is dead. You don't have the Spirit of God. How can you compare these verses with this verse and make it fit together when you do not have the Spirit of God? Lost person, church will not help you understand the Bible. Past the point. Past the point, it's just like, I don't get it. Why? Because it's spiritually discerned. It's understood by the Spirit of God. And if you have the Spirit of God, He quickens your spirit, makes it alive. So now His Spirit bears with my spirit. The Bible said... Uh, the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the things, the deep things of the heart. Without the spirit of God, you are simply a lost person sitting in church. And when you preach on certain things, you go like this, I don't know if that's true. I'm not sure that's necessary. You know, I don't look at that. I wouldn't talk like that. Why is it you don't agree with God? Why is it you don't understand what God is talking about? I'm simply trying to bring up a doctrinal point here on why many people cannot understand the word of God. The biggest reason is you're not saved. You're not saved. Now, in today's time, we run into a different problem altogether. Go to Ephesians chapter number 2. 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians chapter number 2. Chapter number 2, starting in verse number 1. 
The word in the Bible, quicken, means to be, make alive. Okay, that's what that word means. I'm not making this up. That's what it's for. Okay, verse number one, chapter two in the in in, in Ephesians. And you hath he quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So God quickened you. You say, I was already living. No, you physically were existing, but you had no connection with God. However, when he came in, he quickened your spirit, made your spirit alive. What's that all about? So God can communicate with you. You have to understand, in the garden, that's the part I think hurt God more than anything else. The very creature he made to communicate with and to walk with and share with, he couldn't do that anymore. Sin deadened Adam and Eve's spirit, and they could no longer understand what God wanted or why he wanted. What's this all about? Because their spirit was dead. They had one, but this is the part. that Your ears don't communicate with God. Your dreams don't communicate with God. Your flesh doesn't communicate with God. Your spirit is what communicates with God. God is a spirit, and if you're going to worship God, you must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if this part is dead to God, how are you going to do that? You study truth all you want to, but notice he always puts spirit before truth. Truth is truth, but you can't understand unless your spirit is made alive, and that happens when the Holy Spirit comes in. So look at verse number one. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, no period, ready? Wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. That's the way we used to act. You know why? That's what we were. The Bible teaches in Romans, no man searcheth after God. You ever wonder why? You might have been searching for an answer. You had no idea it was salvation through Jesus Christ. That had to be revealed to you. That had to be taught to you. That had to be explained to you. The Bible clearly says no man searcheth after God. We've all gone our own way. God came searching for you because you see your spirit was dead. And it's this part that communicates with God. You didn't even know you needed him if God had not revealed himself to you and said, this is the problem right here. You must be born again. Not of flesh, not of soul, but of spirit. You have to be quick. And if not, folks, listen to me, how frustrating it must be to read your Bible and get nothing out of it. Hear preaching and go, I don't know about all that. I just don't get that. Why does it have to be that way? If this is you all the time, there may be a real possibility you're not born again, and therefore you cannot understand the things of God, no matter how hard you try. Why? Because it's spiritually discerned, and without the Spirit of God, you can't understand that. Teaching spirit truth to an unsaved or carnal person. You ready for this? is like describing a sunset to a blind man. No matter how articulate you are, no matter what preacher you sit under, no matter what teacher you sit under, if they're teaching truth, you're not going to get it. Teaching God's truth without you being born again is like describing a sunset to a blind man. They just can't see it. It just doesn't make sense. So we try to make it plainer so that a blind, dead person can understand it. We can all go over to Shedding and call those people in those caskets dumb, ignorant, blind, don't understand anything. They don't care. You know why? They're dead. They don't understand. Doesn't make any difference to them. That's why a lot of people can sit in church. Doesn't make any difference. They hear the truth that they need. They will talk to me and say, Preacher, here's my problem, and I don't know what to do. And I give them an answer and go, Nah, that's not it. And never come back again. It's not just you're not desperate enough. And you say you're saved. So why is it you don't understand it? Example go to John chapter number three. Now, let's just assume you're a church-going person and uh, you say you love the Lord and maybe teach a Sunday school class and 
and you can go soul winning. You won't believe this. In our in our storefront, uh, half of my church got saved about eight months after we started church. They were teaching Sunday school. They were out going telling other people about the Lord, winning people to Christ, having visitors at church. They weren't even saved. <laughs> God's going to keep His word no matter what. One day, a woman came back from soul winning, bawling her eyes out and talking to me and saying, while she was describing why other people needed to be saved and using Bible, she convicted herself. You know what God was saying? I don't know you. Oh, you don't remember that part of the Bible? Lord, haven't we cast out demons in your name and done many wonderful works in your name? And remember what God said? I never knew you. I, I, I don't know who you are. You see, that is a born-again personal relationship with God. And the way you get to know your father is to be born into his family. And that happens by receiving the spirit of God. And when he comes in, he quickens your dead spirit so that now that spirit is alive and able to communicate with God. Amen. Without that, you will never be able to understand God past a certain point in your life. So we go down here to John chapter number 3. Nicodemus, you know the story. Nicodemus was very religious. We could honestly say he went to the place we would call church, went to the temple all the time. You won't believe this. He taught adult Sunday school class. He taught other people the word of God. Go to church, good guy, Pharisee, teacher of other people concerning the word of God, the Old Testament, telling people what God expected and what was going on. He was doing all of that. And Jesus showed up. And Jesus started talking to him. And Jesus said this. I want you to go down to John chapter 3, verse number 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot what? He can't see it. He just cannot see it. Hold on now. I got this religious guy who's teaching others, who's a Pharisee, top-notch churchgoer, and the neighbor, you'd say, that's a great guy. That guy right there, Jesus said, if you don't get born again, you cannot see. You can't see it. You're a blind man. I don't care how much Jesus described it to you. You can't see it, Nicodemus. Nicodemus didn't catch on. So drop down to verse number. Uh, by the way, hold it right there. I want you to go to Nicodemus couldn't even understand the obvious things in nature that God was trying to describe about himself. Now, that's pretty bad. So for all you tree huggers and, you know, save the baby whale and, uh, you know, don't eat sharks and all that other kind of stuff, you want to kill them, but you still don't eat them. You're doing all of this, and what you don't understand is God shows himself in everything around you. Nicodemus is teaching other people about, look up here, look up here, concentrate. He's teaching other people about God. And the Lord starts explaining to him about the wind. He's really talking to him about the Holy Spirit of God. Nicodemus knew nothing about that. Look, if you would, please. Look at verse number, uh, uh, yeah, look at verse number eight. The wind blows, now, so he's talking about him in verse seven. Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. So he's talking to this religious man who's teaching other people, very educated, morally sound, and he says this, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but ye cannot tell whence it cometh, whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Now your charismatic friends will say, that's real strange. That's not what he's talking about. Nicodemus answered and said, how can these things be? By the way, you go like this, man, did you see the wind the other day? No, you didn't either. You 
see the effects of the rain. You didn't see the wind. That's like you said, boy, did you see what gravity did to that building? You didn't see gravity. You saw the effects of gravity. You don't see the Holy Spirit of God. But the evidence is everywhere. You understand? Okay, now watch what he says here. And so he said, how can these things be? Verse 10, and Jesus answered, are thou a master? Are you a, which means teacher, and you don't know these things? You're kidding, Nicodemus. Watch what he says. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we know not, that we do not, that which we know. I'm sorry. Verily, verily, I say unto you, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. So I'm telling you what has happened. You've seen our witness and you still don't believe this. If I have told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall, I, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. So he's telling him, Nicodemus, the wind. You find this whole born-again thing, this whole you need the Spirit of God, so weird and you can't figure it out. Okay, let me tell you about the wind and how that acts. He still wasn't getting it. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 1. Now keep that in mind. Romans chapter number 1. Romans chapter number 1. And I want you to look at verse number 20. Now Jesus pointed this out and here's what he says about the invisible things concerning him. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Now the carnal mind will come up with it. How can it be clearly seen if it's invisible? Well, he tells you. Ready? Being understood by the things that are made. So God said, let me help you understand me, even in nature. Not let's hug the trees and let's save the puppies and, you know, everybody should own a cat and that's just, that's not even Bible. And so all these things are going on. What he's simply saying here is this. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. God said, you have no excuse for not believing in me. None. None whatsoever. Even nature will tell you about the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Nature. So he's looking at Nicodemus who's teaching other people about God and said, you don't understand this? I'm, I'm telling you something as simple as what goes on in nature about the wind. And it's a, and, and you, how am I going to explain to you the deeper things of God? Nicodemus, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You must be born again. Nicodemus, you understanding this? It's not your study. It's not you being a good guy. It's not you going to church. It's not you trying to help other people. You cannot understand the simplest things of God, even in nature, which is right there. You'll never see the kingdom of God. So if I'm talking to you about natural things that everybody can see if they even stop for a moment, how in the world am I going to tell you about heavenly things? Nicodemus, you'll never see it. You'll never see the kingdom of God because you must be born again. And so go back to John chapter number 3. You're there. Look at verse number 6. Here's the reason. In verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Without the Spirit, you're none of His. Can I ask you another question? No matter how somebody tries to explain it, you have a real hard time understanding what God's talking about. No, 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 I'm not talking about on just a basic, well, you're talking about water right there. Well, yeah, that's what I said, water. Okay, so I got that part. 
Romans says being born again of the Spirit. What is that? What does that mean? How does that happen? You stumble over it, don't you? And so we try to make it, we as Christians and churches try to make things even easier, ready, for blind, dead, unsaved people to understand the deep things of God. Teaching spirit truth to an unsaved man, like I said before, is like trying to describe a sunset to a blind man. Go down to verse number 8 of that same chapter. Well, I, we already read that. Let me help you understand something. Intelligence has nothing to do with understanding God. There are people down at OSU that teach theology all the time, year after year, and they trip over salvation, they trip over separation, they trip over sanctification, they trip over the Lord is coming back, they don't know the timeline, they don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth. What is the problem here? You must be born again or you'll never see it. You have to be born again or you'll never see it. Studying God's word has nothing to do with it. See, this is what we've decided to do. We have decided to take God's word and teach the world God's word. Go to Sheddinger and teach that dead person in that casket how he can really live. He can't. He's dead. And the Bible said we are dead in trespasses and sins. Until the Holy Spirit comes in and quickens our spirit, that part which died, everybody has a spirit but is dead. If God does not come in and quicken, make that alive, we cannot communicate with God because he clearly said God is a spirit and they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Why is it people can't understand God's word? Past the stories. Noah, Adam and Eve. And you don't understand the deep things about that to begin with. Going to church has nothing to do with it. To understand God's word, his spirit is the one that teaches us. He's the author of the book. He's the author. If you're saved, you have him in here. He wrote the book. Why isn't that making a connection? So number one, the reason most cannot understand the word of God, they've never truly been born again. The next two are not near this long. The reason most cannot understand the word of God, go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Carnally minded. Carnally minded. Remember the carnal mind is a saved person. Their spirit is alive, but they're not following truth. Their actions, their understanding, their friendships and so on are just like a lost person that's never been saved. Problem is you are saved. So God can't call you a natural person, an unsaved person. He said you're a saved person acting like that, thinking like that, behaving like that, having the understanding about that. Matter of fact, when you try to understand something, you turn back to the world for your understanding about God. Like evolution. Or how can a person die forever in hell? That's impossible because the body will burn up. You didn't learn that from the Bible. You learned that from the world and what they have to teach. And so what we have here is the carnal person. The Bible said, for ye are yet carnal and walk as men. Men meaning lost people. So a carnal person is, he said, you're babes in Christ. You're born again, but you're walking like lost people. Carnal. And the carnal mind is not subject to the things of God. Neither indeed can be they're spiritually discerned. So let's assume you're not lost. You do know Jesus as Savior, but you're not following him. You don't really care. You do not apply. You do not walk in that direction. Actually, you get your information from the news. 
you get your information from Google. You pay attention to your friend. What would you guys do? Yeah, yeah, that kind of makes sense to me. When you start following the world and its philosophy and friendships and finances and ways of doing things, you are a carnal Christian. God doesn't do things like the world. There's a reason he doesn't do things like the world, because he's a lot smarter than anybody in the world. And what God does is right. Christianity today, we're trying desperately to teach God's word to natural and carnal people. And it's not working. So we're shocked when people get up and never come back again. I'm not shocked. I didn't say it didn't hurt. I didn't say it didn't bother me. I'm not shocked. I understand why. How would you like to be an unsaved? Okay, watch this. How would you like to take one of these little guys here that genuinely know the Lord, put them in a Christian school, in a church like this, and when it comes to seventh grade, put them in a public school? Take something that pure and that clean and throw them in a hellhole called the public school. You know what's going to happen to most of them? They're going to give in and start acting like that. Christianity today, we're trying desperately to teach the natural man, that would be the lost man, and the carnal man, that's the saved man, but living and acting and behaving and thinking like the lost man. It will never work because in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you're already there, should be. Look at verse number 14. But the natural man, that's the lost man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. There's nothing here about education. There's nothing here about I know more than other people. Oh, yeah, I looked that up on Google. Oh, no, I go to a church and I've learned all of that but you don't understand it. You don't care for it. It doesn't matter to you one way or another. You go along with it because you like the people here, the music here, or the good-looking preacher that's here or something. And so you, you get caught up in that. But when's the last time you read your Bible and you got something out of it that God talked to you about? When's the last time you read your Bible and God talked to you? God doesn't just talk to the preachers. Bible said we are supposed to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This is where false culture stuff gets started. They don't know how to divide the Bible and put scripture where it belongs, so they come up with goofy understanding. Like we said in Sunday school this morning, I think it's okay to drink. Jesus turned the water into wine. You immediately just told me you know nothing about the word of God. That's not guesswork. You just told me I don't know anything about Jesus Christ or the Bible. And yet, look what a lot of so-called Christians are doing today. I think it's okay to drink. Really? So you really do not understand God at all, do you? So, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. Ready? We're talking about the carnal person. Verse 3. For ye are yet carnal. Okay, this is the safe person acting, behaving, understanding, and following the ways of the world, not the ways of God. That would be a spiritual Christian. I'm born again, and I'm following as best I know how with what God has taught me. Keep walking with him. That is a spiritual Christian. We're not all on the same level, but God knows what you know because he's the one that taught you. The Holy Spirit lives inside you. He knows what you know, and he knows what you have no idea about. So I'm saved, and I want to do what God wants me to do. That's a spiritual Christian. But a person who's saved and going, I don't care. You know, I think I'll just go do whatever it is. Okay, so I'm saved. What's the big deal? And that's why a lot of people are out in the world. Never after being born in the family of God even started to get to know him. 
This is a trick that the devil uses very good to keep you so busy you don't have time for church. Your Bible, prayer, study, soul winning, you don't have time for God. And right now you feel very guilty and ashamed or defending yourself. But the spiritual Christian would simply go, That's what a spiritual Christian would do. So look, if you would, please, down in verse number three. He says this, For ye are yet carnal, because, or whereas, there is among you envying, mm, strife, oh, married couples. You think he's just talking about church? Well, he is. He's talking about you too. Divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? God made an absolute statement. When these kinds of things are in your life, you're not a spiritual Christian. I don't care what your reasoning is. Because if you had the Spirit of God, you would have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness. These are the fruits of the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, you're not fulfilled of all such things. So, we have the unsaved person, we have the carnal person, let me go down here real quick. The reason most cannot understand the word of God, the baby Christian. He says here in verse number one of chapter three, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Now that would be the person who's saved walking with God. And so he's at, you know, a first grader that's at the top of his class is a mature first grader. He said, well, he, a 12th grader is no more than he did. At his level, he is mature. So we're not all the same. We're not supposed to be identical. But there's a level you're supposed to be on and graduate to the next one. God will keep taking you to that next level because God wants to use you. And in order to do that, you have to agree with God and learn about the things of God. The baby Christian born again but is still staying immature. Closer to the world's worldly life, understanding his friends, the understanding that the world gives, the natural reaction to this life is what he turns to when he doesn't know what else to do. Before any prayer, before any questioning, before any study of the Bible, he'll run to a lost friend, a lost relative, and do what they've told him he should do. You know you don't have a relative smarter than God. Your banker, your pediatrician, your your psychologist or whoever you are, does not know more than God. And by the way, God said, I can calm your mind and your heart. God has the answer for that. But we rush to the world. You don't understand God. Have you ever tried to understand? Have you ever tried walking with him? Adam and Eve, why does it make sense to you anymore? Why do you have to hide yourself from God? Why do you have to cover things up? Because sin, sin entered in and they were no longer the spiritual beings God created them to be. So we find out here, spirituality is our obedience. Spirituality is our obedience and subjection to God's will. Ready? Submit yourself. Oh, I don't like that word. Okay, then you're not obeying. Yeah, but I know somebody. I'm sorry, that's not in the Bible. Here's what we've done. We've written off churches because somebody heard them. So you're not going to serve the Lord. Isn't it amazing the stupidity and the ignorance and the foolishness of people? Well, somebody hurt me because they quit, so that's why I'm quitting. Well, that makes great sense, doesn't it? Somebody quit and hurt you, so you're going to quit on everybody. And what, that's okay? They shouldn't have, but it's okay for you too? How about this, parents? 
I told you to shut up and quit your screaming to everybody. You understand me? What did you just do? You told them don't scream and yell while you're screaming and yelling. Ready? You can point out a hypocrite, right? We all can. We're real good at it. That guy shouldn't be doing that. You see that girl over there, the way she's dressed? Oh, brother. But when it comes to you, what happens? We make excuse for our carnality and our lack of spirituality. But we come to find out spirituality is a obedience and subjection to God's word. One can be saved and yet the word of God in its instruction makes no sense to you. You're born again. I don't know whether you're saved or not. I have no idea. That's why I always say, look, if you're truly saved, you go like, no, preach, I'm saved. Okay. If you're truly saved, I don't know. You don't know if I am. Well, if anybody's saved, it's the preacher. <laughs> How do you know that? Salvation takes place in here. God's spirit enters into you. Jesus is not living in you. He sent the comforter. Jesus at the right hand of the Father. You accepted what he did for you from your heart, but he sent the comforter to live inside you. And when that happens, he quickens you. Without the spirit of God, you're none of his. It's no wonder we struggle with understanding God. Or we do get saved and we still struggle because we're thinking like the world. We run around with the world. We take the world's advice. And God said, I can't help you. You're my child and look the way you're acting. You're acting like people from the world. You are not a spiritual Christian because you put in time served. We older Christians have a, have, a, have a problem with that. Do you know how long I've been saved? Well, then you probably shouldn't be acting like a baby Christian. We tend to believe that time served is like stripes in the military. I'm a uh, staff sergeant. You see those stripes? That's what you did in the military. Hey, son, you see those stripes on my arm? Then why isn't he acting like a leader? But I'm supposed to obey anyway. So what happens here is this. Time served. Spiritual Christian. You're not spiritual because that. You're not spiritual Christian because you're involved in church and real busy. That's not a spiritual Christian. That's just a busy person. History of helping people. Boy, down south, it, it's terrible. Really. If you want to build a church, don't go down south. They call it the Bible Belt. But they need a good belt of the Bible is what you really need. So what happens is you knock on the door. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Is your mom and dad? No, no, they're home. Well, may I ask you, are, are you saved? Why, my daddy helped build that church. I said, well, yes, ma'am, I understand that part, and, and I'm, I'm thankful for that, but I'm asking you, are you born again? Sir, I don't think, listen, my, my granddad, uh, he helped build that, and we actually built a school and put missionaries on the field. I said, ma'am, you, you missed the point here. Are you saved? Are you saved? And through all of that sweet southern talking, then she gets mad and tells me to go away. did I say that was so offensive? Are you a born-again Christian? You offered several excuses by sight, just like the woman at the well. Well, we're of our father Abraham. Well, that's Jacob's well. She referred to her history and her lineage as saying, see, I'm a good person. Jesus didn't buy it. So, by the way, Abraham didn't, and neither did Jacob. They knew who Jesus was. We as God's people become frustrated with people because we have come to believe if I could just explain the Bible to them, if we could just, if they could just hear preaching, we need to get them to church. This is why they walk out and then you get upset with me. You didn't win them to Christ. They don't want to hear it from you, but somehow you coerced them into coming to church. So they show up to church and the whole time they're here, there's steam coming out of their nose, right? 
darts flying out of their eyes. They stare at me. They cross their arms. They look around to see who's agreeing with me. And then they get upset and walk out. I don't like your preacher. Then you come and tell me they didn't like what I had to say. Why would a dead person like me talking about life? They would irritate me. So you invite lost people here. That's not what the Bible teaches. Church is not for lost people. Church is for God's people to learn about the Bible. The gospel is for lost people out there. Why didn't you talk to them about the Lord? So your granny gets upset with me and you side with her because I wasn't kind enough. wonder how many people won't come back because I yelled at those two kids this morning. You blame me. You should be blaming their parents. Just like somebody goes, ma'am, get your dog off my yard. My dog doesn't know any better. That's why I'm not talking to the dog. I'm talking to you. That bothers me. They, they walk their dog. If you've got a backyard, let your dog go to the bathroom and then take him for a walk. What you do, you take him for a walk in the neighbor's yard so they can go to the bathroom. Now, I hate to sound real carnal, so we'll move on. If we could just have someone, some one-on-one Bible teaching, let's call it, we'll go to the, when did this start? We're going to come to your house to have special Bible study with you. God's got this all figured out. You come to church. I remember what John Rice said when he passed. John Rice was never a good pastor, and he admits that. He did admit that he's in heaven now. But he said this, okay, if I'm going to pastor this church down in Murfreesboro, he said this, look, there's one of me and 400 of you. I can't come around to all of you, so I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's meet together at the church three times a week. And that way you can say, I was with the preacher. But we've got off on this kick about all of us need personal guidance. All of us need personal this and personal that. And the people that do that try to break it down and break it down and break it down and break it down to where you're actually filling out booklets and stuff like a first grader. And you're born again? You're after the things of God? Please understand my background. No Christian background. Didn't go very far in school. But when you desire what he desires, John 7, 17, when your will becomes his will, when your desire becomes his desire, when you are after what he's after, the Bible said you shall know of my doctrine, whether it be of God or not. Without the Spirit, you're none of His. The Bible says God's Word is spiritually discerning or understood. The Bible says marvel not. You must be born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God. You'll never see it. You keep wondering why we do the stuff we do, right? How come He says that? Why do we have to do that? I don't think that's more. Why do you do that? No, don't question me. Question yourself. Why do you do that? I have a problem. And the problem is this. Why is it less and less people understand the Bible that God gave to his children? I'm not necessarily talking about the new Christian that just doesn't know anything yet. I'm talking about some people been on the way most of their life. Your excuse for salvation is, well, my daddy had good luck. Oh, you don't know my uncle. He, he's a preacher down in Louisiana now. That's great. What's that got to do with me? 
why is it you sit in church and fight mentally? If you could talk out loud and nobody mug you, you'd be telling everybody what you think about what I say half the time. You are. By the way, God knows what's in your mind and heart. My, my point in all this is this. Why is it? We keep breaking down the Bible, breaking down the Bible, producing more easily read books so lost people can understand, so that carnal people can understand the Word of God. How do you take a person that dropped out of 10th grade after two and a half times, gets saved, falls in love with the Bible, and begins to understand God's Word and can't get enough of it most of the time? Why is that? And yet many people come to church. I don't get it. Preacher, how do you get that out of the Bible? It's not just because I've been on the way. This, this started happening right after I got saved. Why is it you don't have a great love for the person you're sitting next to? So I think the reason more and more people understand less and less about the Bible, I think the majority of even church people are not saved. By the way, I'm not the first thought that. Way back in the old preacher's day, yesterday, way, way back, 1600s, 1700s, they would make statements that the majority of God's people who sit in church are not saved. And what they saw was the evidence that they did not know Jesus. So a crowd this size, they're all saved following the Lord? I, I don't know. Salvation takes place in here. Listen to me carefully. Are you carnal? When a truth is presented to you, you dismiss it, you argue it, you, you run off to your friends. Guess what I heard in church tonight? Do you agree with that? You're running all over the world trying to find people that will agree with your carnality and what you believe. Or are you spiritual this time? Now, before you pat yourself on the back, remember, we didn't say that's just a saved person. That's a saved person who is walking in the revealed truth that God has given to you. So you don't need to know everything I know. God knows what you're supposed to know and what you are supposed to be doing according to truth. The reason most cannot understand the Bible, not saved, very carnal. I think that are the two big reasons right there. Even baby Christians, they're carnal. And the Bible says, by the way, same with your children. Quit letting them fuss and argue and cry and whine and fuss and yell. And What are you doing? That, that's very carnal. You said, but they're just children. Train up a child in the way he should go. Here's, here's a real good reaction. Shut up and knock it off. I don't talk to my children that way. Okay, then it's like reading the Bible. Then what would you do? Honey, mommy's going to give you 45 reasons, okay? And you pick one of them if you like it. He's three. What are you doing? We have made so many excuses for people in church and out of church concerning God's word that we don't even understand the doctrine of you must be born again or you cannot see the kingdom of God. I don't know if any of this is you. Let's pray. Father, thank you very much.